Okay, guys, I'm Ellie Goldsmith, and this is my first time being in Mechina World B'nai Akiva. So I'm a newbie. Take, take it easy on me, yeah? Like, I'm originally from London. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm a Spurs fan, if that means anything. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we only got we only we only got to Nachman. We need more names. So. Say your name. Nadab from Amsterdam. That's a cool place. Yeah, I might. I was just there a year ago. My best friend's living there. So. Yeah. Jonathan Friedman, very private person. You probably don't know him. Yeah. Oh, Jewish? Would you guess? I went to his wedding there, so I hope he was Jewish. He looked pretty Jewish. Okay. A frat? Yeah, Wow, I'm just, I'm also from there now. Really? But it took me a while to get to a frat. I live in Dovidamela, Sadara there. Oh, really? Yeah. 65. I mean, you can come around. Yeah, it's more towards the Zayat. Yeah, it's it's uh it's been good, but we're looking to move more into the Zayat. I think. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're talking about. Okay, cool. So I've been on a journey. I've moved ten times in Israel since I came here from London. Yeah, and that doesn't include time in yeshiva and everything. Um, but what we're going to discuss more than just you know the Holy Land and you know I see you have a mission statement which is really cool, really important to have a clear vision of what you're here for. Our our mission in this class is not just to discuss what you know being uh, belonging to the Jewish people. We're going to talk about intimacy, which is a really exciting, inspiring subject for me personally. If you get into my history a little bit, you'd understand why I'm the right guy for this. Not that I've had loads of experience, because that wouldn't be... I mean, maybe I have, but, you know, the point is that intimacy needs to be discussed nowadays. It's not something which, especially for young men or young women, like, this is one of the most important things on your mind. I mean, if you look at the statistics, people are thinking according to, you know, I don't know how they know what's going on in people's minds, but there are many surveys that 90% of men's thoughts on these kind of subjects. So that's a pretty important statistic to know that a lot of your energy is going in this in this sugi as they say in the Jewish world so uh, we only got halfway with the names let's get, let's get back to finish off the names so I know somewhat who you guys are and then we'll get into the intro to intimacy what's your name? I'm Mike Mike? London, London. oh so we're from London yeah, we are. where? Edgware you do? yeah really I'm going to be in Edgware this Thursday Thursday night. Yeah, what's the family? Silver. Okay, gold. Gold, silver, gold. Huh? Drive, yeah, I live two minutes. I live to Oakley Gardens. Yeah. No way. He's like, my, that alleyway, my grandparents brought up my father there. And my uncles, the goldsmiths. You heard of the goldsmiths? Harvey Goldsmith was, was my uncle, was the most famous promoter, and he was a very famous name in Edgware. So that's my uncle. My father also is in the same business. So I grew up in the music business and entertainment business. So we're going to talk about intimacy, but we're also going to talk about how, you know, entertainment, media, all that kind of stuff, all the stuff we're into. You know, I'm obviously a bit older, but I, I try to keep myself relevant as much as I can. And maybe you guys can upgrade me a little bit. So uh, Michael from The Drive. That's really cool. I'm going to be walking that street probably Friday morning. So, uh, next. Kiva. Shaman, yeah. Guy behind, sorry. Danny, you already got you. Danny, New York. You're tricking me now. <laughs> okay. It's all good. We're going to be cool with each other. What's your name? Okay, cool. Yeah. Brother. In oh, Drum Africa. So, South Africa. My wife's from Cape Town originally. It's important to know that because we're going to talk about intimacy. Yeah, go on. Again? 
Oh, so this whole, like almost half Israeli on there. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, what's next? Dan originally from South Africa, but now 11 or 9. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is like Israel world. Yeah, next? David, he's from Argentina, now we're in the Cool, we got the South American representation over here. Yeah? Sami, Joseph, and Edgeware? Edgeware boys. Cool, man. I'm enjoying this. Ellie, from New York. Yeah, where in New York? New York's huge. Long Island. Long Island. Danny, where in New York? I'm Westchester. Okay. Doesn't mean. Oh no, I actually met people there the other day. Nice place, from what I heard from them. Um, yeah, Long Island I've been loads of times. So, one of the reasons I've been a lot to New York is because I manage artists over the years. That might be interesting to you guys. I, I asked the, the, your Madrid, and he didn't know any of them. Like, I was like, you don't know any of these. So either it's him or it's me, like they're old school, I don't know. Like Nissen Black, for example. Yeah, of course. You guys know who he is, yeah? Yeah. So I worked with him since 2016. So, you know, he's one of my boys. And we, we got to know each other 2011. But let's go back now. We're going to start the intimacy. You know, he'll come up in the stories. We've got like about 10 or 12 sessions together. So we'll get back to Nissen. But many years before, growing up in Edgeware, since some of the guys know what that means, I was a bit of a, like a North London secular guy, like not even like traditional. Um, my family like rarely, you know, went to shul. And personally, I went, I grew up reform and I didn't really connect at all to my Jewish roots. I felt much more English than I did Jewish. Unfortunately, that was, that was how I rolled back then. And uh, yeah, so growing up in North London, the education was with the whole intimacy subject, which I'm sure it's been upgraded now with TikTok and shorts and reels and everything going on social media. But my education was, you know, one of you guys wearing an MTV t-shirt or whatever it was that was featuring on TV in those days. Remember that we only just got satellite because I grew up in the 80s and 90s. You know, we got a satellite in the 90s, so in the mid-90s, I think. And the email was like, only by the end of the night. So you have to give that context. So I'm growing up with an exposure mostly coming from my brothers and my brother's friends. I was just at back at a bar mitzvah. And one of the guys who corrupted me as a kid, you know, like gave me all the intel about intimacy, you know. Because that was some of the ways you're going to find out the information you know, parents didn't really talk to kids back then about that kind of stuff. I don't know if they do now. Maybe things are more open in these kind of conversations. Um, yeah, so that was the North London educational experience. I don't, already, I'm just going to give background, me personally, just so you know my experience in that world. We grew up very young, so I'd already like been kissed a girl by 11, just saying, yeah? Like, that was... There was it, and things developed very quick, 13, 14, 15, 16. You know, I was already like, you know, like example, I had a girlfriend. This is an interesting story. I went to um, Prince William's birthday party, yeah? I'm not joking. Um, the friend from Amsterdam actually took me, yeah? Yeah, Mr. Freeman, he took me. He was, he's more from high, upper class London in the schooling and everything. So he had contacts in that world, and he took me along. And, um, you know, we were a bit like players, the two of us. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty powerful experience being at such a high-class event to the point where I came back with my first non-Jewish girlfriend. You know, I'm just saying out my sins right now. It's Eva Shana, I can do it, yeah? So her name is Emily, okay? So I ended up in a relationship with her, and she was the first person I ever... You know, was with in that in the full intimate way, and I felt I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Like, there's no point beating around the bush. Literally, like, I'll be honest. I felt dead after I was with her, and that shouldn't be the feeling. You're like you're with a girl. You know, you've always, a guy is like looking forward to this moment. I was around 15, 16. I had a, a the guy who really pushed me to do it because there's always some voice in your head, was a ski trip before that, and he was like busy with the whole trip. And he was pushing it into my head. So once I had the opportunity with this girl, she came all the way 
from central London, because she lived in like more like posh area of central, and I lived in the suburbs. She came all the way, and I felt terrible afterwards. Like I felt like something, I'd lost something. Like I'd, I didn't feel good, and I had no context. I had no Jewish education other than basic, basic reform, whatever that meant. Like the most basic, I could hardly read Aleph base. So I had a very like not educated understanding of intimacy, and yet I had that experience, yeah? So that's how I felt about it, yeah? Now, to just speed ahead, my best friend at that, at that time, soon after, was going to be my wife. Yeah, she became my best friend. Because what happened was I had like a wake-up point. Like I obviously had other stories in between, and my wife even knows those other stories. That story she doesn't know so much about. But I had other stories. I met my wife, and this is like a normal London thing, maybe for the more secular or traditional. I met her shawl hopping at the age of 14. Yeah. So we were going from shawl to shawl, you know, like you do. There's United and Edgeway, United and Stamble, different shawls. And I'm not talking about the football team here, because that's how they call it. United, or soccer, whatever. So we'd go in between the shawls. There was Yom Kippur. It's apparently a day, and if you know a bit of Torah, that it's a day that's famous for making Shaduchim as well as Tubav. So I was walking in between the shawls. I knew nothing again, and I was wearing my like puffer jacket and my you know, cool clothes, and, and I was just in between those two places, and I met my wife for the first time. And it felt significant for some reason. I never forgot it. And the girl that introduced us and my best friend who introduced me to them. And then at 16, I was in the gym. And I, you know, I had people who liked me, but this was like it was a known thing. I, I didn't look as, you know, old and whatever like I do now. But back then I was, you know, in good shape, thank God. And I was in the gym and I was working out and stuff. And she was there and I used to see her there. And my, I hadn't really talked to her much since that original encounter. And my best friend, again, the same guy, who I'm actually going to see when I go back to London, a different guy, not from Amsterdam, from London, said to me, you've got to, I've got to introduce you. She's, I know she likes me. You've got to so we ended up running around the track. And this was at 16 years old. You know, my soulmate. I didn't know that that was my soulmate. But anyway, just to cut a long story short, we ended up having a few different experiences. And we were totally platonic, which was unusual for me in that, up until that point. But I just felt like I'd had enough of that whole scene and I just wanted to have a connection, like a deeper connection. So obviously we're going to discuss intimacy in a, in a more like practical way and I'll get to that. But I just want to give you a little background for myself. And then what happened was we had a moment together by, by a forest, like a trees, parks, and it was actually in Elstree, if anyone knows it, Elstree Park. And we're sitting there and She's and I are just like talking, sharing some deeper ideas because we were already 17, 18, starting to think a bit more, like your kind of age. And I felt like I was with someone that I'd known forever. Like there was something deep, something profound going on. And people talk about it nowadays, the idea of a soulmate. And, you know, there's, there's back and forth discussions. I'm very much aware of like what the podcasters and all the different up-to-date thought leaders and the way the world discusses the concept of soulmates. And we'll get into that. But I felt something very profound. That was my personal experience. I felt that I was with someone who I've known in a different life and was connecting to on a different plane. And I don't know if I was that much on that much weed at that moment. Yeah, I think I might have been somewhat clean, maybe. And so I was just like, this could be the girl. You know, something deep about this. But we stayed friends once again. And we carried on like that through university. And she saw me break up with... Uh, whole story. We'll get into that story if you're interested. It was an interesting relationship because it teaches you something also deep. We're going to talk about intimacy. And then we got to university. In university, she was in a London School of Fashion, which is a very cool course to become a fashion you know, designer and all that stuff. And I was in, on the beach in Brighton, having a good time in university there. And Obviously, there's going to be offers of girls and stuff. I wasn't looking for it, but they came. And I just wasn't... In, just suddenly my life had changed. I just felt like I needed a more deeper relationship. So 
we stayed in touch. And I, what really helped me, I used to run, I was a club promoter, I used to run clubs, nightclubs. Uh, one of the clubs I ran was called Pimps and Whores. It was my night, yeah? That was the name of it, yeah? And it was right in the center of town, run by mafia people, and my wife was there at that club. She, she wasn't my wife then, she was just one of my best friends, and I got her in VIP. She didn't like the energy of it. I ended up with someone else, whatever, but, you know, Shem forgive me, but that, that's what happened. That was where I was at. And I had this phone, I had so much people's numbers. And you have to understand, it was old school mobile. We had to like type it in, didn't save it on Google or anything. There was no cloud. So I lost that phone and that was it. No more numbers. So the only phone number I really cared about from all the people of that club scene was my wife-to-be. I kept her number and we stayed in touch. And she ended up in Israel in the Yushalayim. And I ended up, this is going to be a long story, how I got there, if anyone wants to hear it, we'll say it one day, how I ended up in Yeshiva, in, in Yushalayim. And it was just a matter of time until I was ready and she was ready, and we went on off. It was my first date with any shidduch or girl or anything like that in that world, in the religious world. And I went on my first date, and five dates later, we were already engaged by Tubav, and by Hanukkah, we were already married. This is 2001. Yeah, so I've been married now 22 years, which is pretty amazing. Trust me, marriage nowadays is a, a big accomplishment. So to get to the back to the point of intimacy, so one of the things that I mentioned to sum up is I went out my way. This is something which your generation I want to help you with because I know it's hard. You're much more online. You're much more on your phones. You're much more busy with technology in how you connect to the other other half, yeah, to the women, yeah, to the girls. It's a more technological experience than I had. Like we had a phone, but how much did we use it? You know, to make a phone call, we didn't even have text. Imagine that, no text. So the get, going dating, meeting girls, was something we did. We went to the places. It was in person. We'd have conversations. You'd learn how to talk to a lady. You know. Now, online, and you're on your phone, you're going to be texting. So the, and it's a lot about how, you know, you, you probably know better than me, but like it's a lot about how you present yourself socially. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure. Maybe if you over here, thank God you have a mixed experience, so you get to talk to the girls firsthand. But that's not always the case, yeah? There's going to be situations you're not. And there's going to, if you think back over the last bunch of years, I'm sure a lot of the interactions is going on online. Yeah, is that true? Yeah? Like your profile, your bio, like the texting, that's, that's a shift. Like, I didn't have that. So, I, you know, you can catch me up. You gotta teach me where you got, I told you, I wanna be relevant. So you gotta teach me where, where it's at, the scene now. For me, I went to a party and I met Emily, yeah? Funny enough, I'm a musician. I turned that song, Emily, into family. I made a song called Family. At first I wrote Emily, and then when I did, you know, came more spiritual, I elevated the song to Family, to a more like spiritual concept. I, I can still play it, and I, it's online somewhere on Spotify. But um, the point was that the, the, the goal of finding that other person, the way I'm going to explain it is like this. Intimacy needs, we need some help. We have a concept. I'm going to give you like a, a formula that's going to help you, not just with intimacy, not just with relationships. It's going to help you with business, it's going to help you with everything. It's going to help you with organization, with life. It's based on a book by an author. I don't know if please, anyone heard of him, Stephen Covey. Anyone heard of Stephen Covey? So he wrote a book. Thanks for coming back, man. He wrote a book. Do you want me to catch you up? Sure. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just say very short that my wife and I met in the shoe hopping, met in the gym, stayed connected even when I lost my phone from being a club promoter, and then went to Israel. She went to seminary, I went to Shiva, and then we met like, in the right way, like through dating, and we got married in 2001. That was the finish of the story. And uh, that was after the, the Emily girl, yeah? And I was just saying, I turned the Emily song into family. Okay, because then that was the change, if you get it. Okay, now we're going to go into these 10 concepts. Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Very good book, recommend it. 
any any like thought leader, anyone like say Tony Robbins, if you heard of him, or any of these famous like life coaches, or if you guys are into anyone who's, I mean, tell me, what are you listening to? Does anyone listen to anyone inspirational who makes you feel like doing good stuff online? I don't know, Gary Vaynerchuk, or any, is anyone? Yeah, Andrew, Tate. <laughs> Andrew Tate, yeah, obviously. Anyone who's got anything worth saying, I assure you they've read his book. I can almost guarantee it. And also in the rabbi world, you'd be surprised how much rabbis have read that book as well, especially Chabadniks. It's part of their literary. When Chabad read the seven habits of highly effective people. I'm not Chabad, but I'm just telling you. I've, it's a known thing. And there's many other famous educators who read it. Why is it so helpful? Because one, it was the original book to get people moving. But I found in it seven helpful universal principles that we can all connect to. And it doesn't matter, Jewish, not Jewish. It's just truths of life. And it's something that will help us with everything. So the first habit that he brings down, and I'll get to the idea of 10 later on. Let's just focus on the first habit that he says. It's called being proactive. Hey, guys, what is, someone answer me here. When you're being proactive, what are you doing that's different to being reactive? What's the difference? Thinking. Huh, thinking? Yeah, you're not just reacting. It's not impulsive. Very good. It's, it's, Proactive, it's positive. You're initiating. Remember what I, what I already said this before. You're going to go initiate these relationships. There's no point sitting there texting and keeping that distance. If it leads to actually something, maybe, but it, you have to initiate the relationship. That's the, the first thing which our generation and you guys now, supposedly from what I've heard and from my own children, has become more of a challenge. The truth is, in Israel, you're lucky. Because Israel, there's amazing social scene. You agree with that? Yeah. Like, there's places to go. Everyone, they're not sitting in their rooms, like, you know, just gaming the whole time or whatever. Like, people are going out. It's a good social scene. You, know? you agree with that? Agree, yeah? So you're initiating relationships, which is good. Much better than what's happening to a lot of the world, where they're just reacting to someone's text. They're reacting to... to like Andrew takes an example. Like, the amount of reactions that comes off that guy... Anything he says, it's like, it's like makes, you know, ripples in the whole world, either good or bad, yeah? So, the whole thing is, we've we got to figure out how to have relationships that are proactive. That means we've got to go out of our way to figure out what does that other person want that they would be interested in me. That's the first step. When we're going to talk about intimacy, we have to figure out how to be kind. That's really what it is. Yeah, do you agree that proactive, being proactive, being kind is connected? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So now, guys, I want, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have had a relationship? I just, you don't have to tell me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, that's cool. That's really good. Why? And I'm not, remember, I didn't grow up religious, nothing. So to me, that was my goal. Yeah. More important than money was women. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Just be, being honest with my past. So maybe it's the same now. I just thank God I have one woman. But the idea is that when I worked in yeshivas, because I was a rabbi in a bunch of yeshivas, they called me the midnight rabbi. One place called me the Xbox rabbi, because I was good at Xbox. But the other place called me the midnight rabbi. That's a whole story. You can Google it. Anything I say, by the way, you can Google. It's all online. I've talked about it before. My podcast is Relationship Flow and Unity Flow. They're two podcasts. Okay, so... I'm, a, I'm out there, I'm, I'm putting the message out there. I've spoken about these stories before, maybe not as in such a clear way as we're doing now, and I appreciate your time. But the, the idea of having a relationship with someone was always something I, I recommended, better than just one night stands. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. So you're all like valued guys. I mean, you don't, maybe not all of you agree, but some guys, you know, you agree? Agree, Agree? Yeah. What's the advantage of a one-night stand if you would say that that's better? No commitment. Just fun, pure fun. Okay, got it. No. Hookups, okay. In Israel? Australia. Okay, cool. Good. I felt the same eventually. It took me a minute, you know. I remember one night at a bull. We used to go to these bulls. Anyone ever went to one? 
It was like, how many girls did you kiss tonight? You know, like that. I mean, it's secular, so, you know, that's, that's the mindset. So it was like 14, 15, you know. You probably get like, you know, many of us got mono and stuff like that, yeah, um, and other things. But, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I witnessed an experience. When I, when I went on tour, did, did any of you guys go on tour at 16? It's like a, I went on Habanim. I was COVID. Oh, that sucks. You went? It does. COVID sucks. Yeah, what? You went? Which tour? Which tour was it? Tour was 16 years old. They take all the secular Jews and traditional Jews, they take them in a group. Habanim, Noah, B'nai Akiva have at 16, and you come and tour Israel. I'd never been to Israel before. That was my first visit to Israel. So I did a tour. What was my tour? And that was the picture. You know, everyone gets a picture on the T-shirt, what their theme was. My one was a guitar and a tongue going around the world. So I literally went around. Yeah? You have to go? Okay, you guys are stars. By the way, I've just give you a heads up. I have recorded this. I want to be transparent. And I'm not just audio, so they won't know who you, your faces are. Except for Michael Silver, you came up, sorry. You okay about that? Okay, but yeah, it's going to be on. I'll, I'll figure out who do I send it to. The, the... I'll send it to one of the staff. Okay, but the good news is what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a link where I put a more informative part to this where there's more information, like more spiritual Torah, like sources of what I'm saying. So it's not just me just... Yeah, exactly. All right. You guys are stars. Nachman, have a good one. I didn't forget. Okay. So, remember, this is only going to be every so on. We're going to get together. But, so I want to leave you with something to think about. So, for the sake of those who just left and everyone who's here, and one of the things I have when I taught, even if one guy was here, I'd still teach, yeah? Because I personally believe that we're all souls. So when you're during a time like Corona, yeah? Where are they? You're in Corona, and you can't do the normal things. I actually talked to people in person. It was such most... Difficult for me, I'm a more extrovert guy. It was, it was painful, yeah? Being stuck in like these, you know, in your little apartment, especially in Israel, you know, and you can't like do as much as, it's not like you have your nice huge garden or whatever, like in, in the rest of the world. So, yeah, it was rough. And the idea is that we're connected. When we're teaching, we're learning, we're connecting in a way that's beyond just what we're doing now. Remember I said, I met my wife, I felt soul connection. So I feel that also with you guys, and then there's the, all the souls you're connected to. I believe in that. I, I'm a very much spiritual soul kind of guy. Even when I was secular, I always felt that like deeper vibe with people. You know, there was an aura around people. I read a book called The Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you ever heard of it. But it was all about how people have a light around them. There's like more to people than just the physical, the material. So that's part of my like belief system, yeah? But anyway, it will help with what we're talking about. Because the idea is, when you start to connect with people, one of the things you have to remove is, is the obstacle that you're scared how they're going to react. You have a feeling that person might be rude back to me, or they might diss me, or you, know, you're, you have certain barriers to connect to the other person. Now, in relationships, like finding a soulmate, and I, I'm happy there's a, a good crew of guys who've had experience, but not just that, that you want to have relationships. You don't want to just have the hookup culture. That like means a lot to me personally. Because the hookup culture, even though it's fun, I'm not going to deny it, yeah? There's, there's no denial. But, it, it, like I said, it made me feel empty. Even this girl who was actually quite committed, but it just made me feel empty. Like, it wasn't going to go anywhere further because in the end of the day, I knew I'm a Jew and I knew I had to marry a Jew. And when I had those kind of hookups in, say, in university, one girl tried to hook up with me, and she wasn't Jewish. She was actually her cousin, which was really freaky, yeah? But she, not, it's a long story. It's a long story. She wasn't like a cousin I grew up with. It was one of those second cousins who I only found out once I met her, that she's this family that my family had never spoken to. So I didn't know that, you know? So, but eventually it came out, and her mother had, Reform converted, so she wasn't really Jewish, according to you know Orthodox or the mainstream Judaism. So now I had to work out like she really, huh? Did it happen? No, 
I, she wanted. She like pinned me down in a park in Hampstead, if you know, Garden Suburbs, nice park over there. And I didn't go the full She came to my university. She even flew to Israel. Like, I don't know. I, I must have looked better than I do now, but she flew to Israel. She flew to Israel and she was like, came and hunted me down there in the old city and she got hold of me and it was a whole story. And I told her, I said, the only way I'd be able to be with you is if you convert. Then I found out another story once I started learning more. So I'm a Cohen. I'm a Cohen. So if she converts, I can't marry her. Yeah? So if you're keeping like, the real you know, deal. And uh, I told her that, so then she didn't convert. I actually reconnected with her about 10 years ago because she's my family. She's a second cousin. And I just want to see where she's at. So she, she told me. Wait, if she knows she's your cousin, she knows she's your cousin. Your second cousin. But she knows she was. Okay. By that point, she knew, but she didn't care. Like, I don't know. She liked me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you haven't grown up with someone, she felt still... I, I did one time, I'll be honest, I did one time kiss her, and I felt weird, honestly. I don't, and she wasn't ugly. It just felt weird. But anyway, it's like, you know, when Luke kissed uh, Leia, you know, in Star Wars, you know. But he looked actually quite happy afterwards. They really didn't know, yeah. No. Sisters, it's her brother sister. That was weird. He looked happy afterwards, you know. <laughs> like he scored. I mean, maybe he was just being his real person because he just got with what's her name back in the day. She was pretty pretty though. Anyway, but coming back to uh, to this story, so yeah, like I I reconnected and she said to me, I'm happy to being a non-Jewish person, but a good non-Jewish person. That's what I settled with. I've got a husband. I've got a bunch of kids. And that was what I decided was the right way for me. And I said, that's fine, because I did tell her that. I said, there's no, there's no thing that we're not into converting people. And like, if you're happy with who you are, be happy. You know, like, we're not, we're not doing like, you know, that kind of thing. It's not our, it's not our way. Um, but anyway, back to relationships, intimacy. So being proactive. This is the, the title of today's class. We're going to go through many habits. And con the concept is of getting yourself into the mindset of doing kindness, of being, seeking out the good. Like, let's go to the Torah for a minute, yeah? Who's the famous example right at the beginning? And we're not talking about Adam, because he's not the best example. Very good. Who did he do kindness to? To uh, just Yeah, to his wife, to Sarah. He set up her tent, he took care of her, be a gentleman, you know, but in the, in the real sense, where he was really seeking out her best. That's like the beginning role model of relationship. If we go back further, they were, the, the 20 generations before, they weren't such great role models, as we all know, because you know, they were wiped out in a flood, and, and a lot of them, and then there was, the, you know, there was obviously not the best role models. But Abraham Avinu, the first Jew, showed us how to do it. Yeah? The first Ma'aminim, the first believer, he showed us how to really invest in a woman. It's important to think about it. Like, I need to work on this. I'm 43, yeah? And I still need to work on this. This is like a life mission. This is not something which you're just going to get right, you know, with this one lady and then that's it. It's going to be constantly, you have to think to yourself, like, what does this lady really want? Now, this is where it gets tricky. It says in the Torah, all the way at the end, where we are now, when it's some Vielach, and then next week, or the week after, after Rosh Hashanah, Hazinu, it says there's Vedabe and Vyome. What's the difference? Who, who's Vedabe talking to? Who's Vyame talking to? Vedabe is talking to the men, strong language. And Vyame is talking to who? The women. It's more soft, gentle. Yeah. So the idea is, the Torah itself says this. This is in the Torah. That they're two nations. Now, I know nowadays that's controversial. And maybe Andrew Tabor, the guy left. Yeah? But he'd, he'd enjoy this one or some other controversial name. But the point is, the idea of two nations is brought in the Torah. There's... there's men and there's women and how you talk to men is more strong and how you talk to women is more chilled more gentle more more empathetic so now you've got to realize the torah is telling us that they're two different nations that's what the torah says i'm telling you, just telling you what it says so now that's important to know you've got a whole bunch of girls there start to think a little bit they are different there is something different i know nowadays i'm not being pc but i don't care yeah, because this is what the Torah says. What am I going to do about it? And when you're honest with yourself, even if you've grown up with sisters and a mother, you see there's differences. Come on, let's just be honest. Yeah, 
Am I am I making sense? Like, yeah. no, yes, okay. Because I know nowadays, like, you have to talk like all this, whatever, work stuff, and I'd rather not get into it. But the idea, yeah, I just rather avoid the discussion because let's just say this is the truth, one hundred percent. You you believe in Torah, you believe this is one hundred percent true, and now you take that model. Now go through your life and look at all the relationships. That, honestly, now you tell me, guys, does it feel like you're dealing with someone from another nation, like? A different world, different culture, how they communicate. Sure. Do, you, do you always understand what they actually want? No. No. Really? Do they ever actually tell you explicitly? Never. Like, when, when one of your boys wants something, what do they do? They talk, Boy, mate, give us some... Yeah, give us, a, give us a pint or whatever, yeah? It's clear, yeah? Why is it so difficult to communicate? Like, I'm married and I'm suffering with this. Now, like, before I walked into this room, I was just with my wife, it still is a difficult language to break, to figure out what do they actually want. And it might not even be something so expensive, that's important to know. Money doesn't buy you love, like they, I mean it helps, but it doesn't buy you love, yeah? So start to realize that tuning into intimacy, because the whole point of intimacy, let's just go to the end goal. The end game is to build that closeness, that oneness. Become one with another person. That's really what the Torah says, basa echad. Uh, that's the truth. You physically become one being. Yeah, you join in that moment. You create a child or not. Yeah, but you join in that ability. Even when you kiss a girl, your 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 breasts unite, and you're becoming like there's a certain unification going on there with the soul, and and the two beings. It's a very intimate experience. Intimacy itself means intimacy. Come and see what's see me. Do you see me? Come and see inside and see who I am. Get to know this other person, this other human being. And that's why it's so pleasurable, because to actually get to know another human being is a very powerful experience. Like, there's nothing more better than just chilling with the guys and just talking. Breeze, we call it in England. You guys call it Breeze? Chatting Breeze. And Rogan, what is Rogan? Joe Rogan. Anyone see Joe Rogan? Oh, yeah. I love Joe Rogan. He's my favorite podcaster, and he's probably the most successful. So Rogan, he'll say, like, with his boys, and they, what's the words he used like, when he's chilling with his boys? He has like his, his language, you know, when he brings the, you know, when they have their comedy crew, the four of them, the parks, oh. God, my parks. Anyway, the, the kind of chill and conversation, there's nothing more pleasurable. You can see one of the reasons why it's the most popular podcast in the world is because he's really enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, that's important to know that with business and success. Remember, I told you I'm going to help you in business and life as well, because I'm going to get some key points here. So being, enjoying what you're doing, having that kind of whoa, like intense pleasure of connecting with another person. So now this is a, the other nation, the woman who seems so different and you figured out a way to become intimate and become one with this other being that seems so different and yet you so feel so connected and so, so close. So that's the end game. But to get there, that's why we're starting at being proactive. We're starting at being kind. You can't get, you can't jump to that kind of intimacy. All right, but brother, over there, we're back with the phone, yeah? Yeah, you... Yeah. You crew, you, you're saying one night stand, hookup culture. So yeah, I got there. Okay, but yeah. you didn't really get there. You didn't, you didn't, yeah, no, you, but you didn't, you didn't really get there. Like, because I know, I've, I've been there and done it. You didn't really get there, yeah? Because you didn't really know this person. You didn't do all the steps of relationship. You didn't get to connect emotionally. You don't really know who they are. So, you know, animals also, do that kind of action, you know? So it's not such a, a big, you know, success story that the world makes it out, yeah? It's, the point is to get to know someone. And if you listen to the real people who understand how the world works in the world, and I'm not even saying Torah people, like Tony Robbins, he says 90% of intimacy is emotional. It's only 10% is it actual physical. And he's not including spiritual in that equation or mental. He's just including like those two levels, emotional and physical. So emotional is a lot, of, a lot of communicating, yeah? A lot of, and it doesn't always mean words. Communication is also body language, it's also gestures, it's also, you know, just tones, tone of voice. There's a lot going on with communication. It's a very powerful topic to understand what communication is, how to communicate to another being and get their energy, get their connection, how to even just like, there's even the way you position your arms and legs, everything has significance in terms of when you're really bonding with someone. 
and obviously then there's levels of intimacy we'll get into it hopefully down the road you know it's not just straight away the final thing no woman wants that trust me if they do they're a bit sick or something like they've <laughs> like they've 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 something's happened to them like they got abused or the mental illness or something because no woman just wants straight to the point there's no it's that's just a rule yeah there's levels even physically it doesn't work that way unless once again they're sick <laughs> yeah i'm not saying there's always exceptions yeah but but exactly the full play but i'm not just saying there's the emotional there's there's something which is even before the foreplay, there's, and then there's the whole idea of like we got to Avram and Sarah. Our whole people come out with this. We begin with this, this kindness, this caring about another person, showing that they're important, going out your way to connect with them, being proactive. And it's going to happen. They're going to say stuff to you. I'm, any of the guys have had experience, or even just with each other as friends as well. As, even living with like guys, you can also learn relationship skills. Remember, that was my point to the, to the guys in yeshiva. I'd rather you have a relationship with people than just one night stands. Why? Because you learn skills. You learn communication. You learn how to get on with another person. It's not just about self-gratification. Self-gratification you can do. The internet is full of it. Yeah? Maybe more, more of the internet self-gratification. We mentioned Andrew Tate. He made most of his money out of that anyway, initially. Yeah? Now not. But um, back in the day, that was his money maker. Yeah? So self-gratification is like, you know, it's easy to come back. We're talking about something that you feel, and that this is important, Stephen Covey says this. I want to just show you some wise words that he says. Yeah, this is the last 10 minutes. So anyone has any questions, we'll end off with that. We've got another uh, 10 minutes. So just this is my last point to end off the class. All you guys want to be happy, yeah? Agreed, yeah? yeah? You want to come to Israel, have a good time, or if you live here, you want to be happy in the Holy Land, yeah? You hold it's holy, I hold it's holy. It's a happy place. Fine, there's, there's trauma, there's, there's crazy stuff going down. But bottom line, we still want to be happy. Yeah? Yeah. Whatever that means. And one of the ways we think being happy is with another partner, having a partner. Yeah? Having someone to connect with in life, share your debt. I mean, the amazing thing is with me, I'm blessed. Because I have my whole journey. From the age of 14, she saw me and she knew my friend, she knew my context. And she saw me at 16 in the gym. And she see me. She saw me on tour, even though we never connected when we were traveling around Israel. And she liked me then, but I was, you know, in my group with my people. And then she saw me, uh, you know, came to visit me in university. And when I went in my VW camper van, and when I used to run clubs, and when I used to go to concerts, because remember my family in the concert business. So I used to get people VIP tickets to anything. Yeah, they're still in the business. My uncle just got honoured today in a high street in London. The whole dedication just to all the shows he's done in that area, in Hyde Park and those areas, all the, the concerts and events, you know, we're talking about the greatest of the greats. Yeah, that's, that's who I had access to growing up through my dad as well. My dad was doing all the merch and my brothers are now doing that as well. They like to YouTubers. Anyone heard of Jay Shetty? Yeah. Yes, he works with Jay Shetty. Uh, like people, and we're talking about like big influencers, big names in the music business. Mench anyone into rock and roll still? Anyone cares? Pink Floyd's, Rolling Stones. So that's my family. Like they were their first promoters. They wow. put them on from the 60s all the way till still in the business, you know? So that's where I come from. So I would bring my wife to those kind of things. And, you know, I even, anyone heard of Jeff Beck? Jeff Beck, so my family just did a dedication concert for him at Roy Albert Hall because he just passed away, yeah? And they did a, and you know, people like Eric Clapton were there, like big names. And my uncle put it on, my dad and mum were there. This is a, like a few months ago. So I went, I went to the Jeff Beck concert VIP when I was in Yeshiva with a black, then I used to wear like, I was more Haredi, I went more Haredi. So I had like the black hat and the black jacket and I went all the way to Kasaria. Who drove me there? Anyone heard of Puff Daddy? No way. No, not Puff Daddy. It was Puff Daddy's old like, hip-hop artist from back in the day with Jay Lopez and all that. It was Shine. Anyone heard of Shine Poe? Shine Poe, I was his man. When he came to Israel, Shine Poe, you can Google Shine Poe, even with my name, and it will come up New York Times article and a Rolling Stones article just came out recently about this, this whole time period. I told you, everything's Googleable. So 
or whatever you use, DuckGo, I don't know, because if you're listening to Joe Rogan, he likes the other one, yeah, Duck, DuckGo, what is it called? Um, Not Google, the other one, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Shine Po drove me to this concert, a Jeff Beck concert, and I got him in, and I sat down next to the promoter, I walk in, I'm wearing my hat, all the lights went on us, and they're like, who is this Haredi dude, walking in with this cool black dude with the sunglasses in the middle of the night, Walking in like middle of the show, sitting down next to the promoter. Who is this dude? So people come up to you. Matasio was back in the day. Matasio had more of a beard and stuff. Anyway, it was a funny experience. I'm just throwing that in for like fun. But the point was, one other point. My wife told me to stay away from that dude, by the way. Like she just had a feeling that he wasn't a good influence on me. As you can imagine. I ended up like in some crazy nightclub with the Def Jam promoters. Thanks to Shine Po. Like... Uh, <laughs> My wife wasn't so happy with my connection to him as a religious, you know, married man. It, it was getting a bit wild. But anyway, to cut a long story short, what, what I want to say to Stephen Covey, Stephen Covey said, he starts off this idea of being proactive, then he gives you a tool how to be happy. He says, what's the key to happiness? Now, anyone can guess it. Oh. No. <laughs> it's a good one. It's almost close. No cigar, but close. Anyone else? Gratitude. Very nice. I like it. I agree with it. But that's not what he says. I agree with you, what you're saying. And I will say you. But he says a different thing. He says self-restraint. Who would have thought of that? I never would have thought of that. And he's not like, he's not some religious Jewish guy. He actually was a religious, a non-Jewish guy. But he... he prayed, he believed in family, he had a lot of good values from the old world, you know, that's what they call it nowadays. By the way, anyone of you guys see that Oliver Anthony song? Anyone here? No? I'm too old. He was just on Rogan. He's a cool dude. Yeah, just check it out. It's a good episode. But um, what was I saying? I'm being a bit ADHD. The point was self-restraint is the key to happiness. So how does that work in intimacy? I'll tell you a very, very deep secret. It's not about pleasuring yourself. It's not about hookups. It's not about self-gratification. It's about pleasuring someone else. And that tells, takes self-restraint. Even in the act, it, tells, it takes self-restraint. Yeah? Do you, you get what I'm saying? And then all the more so, all the way down to your own life daily, 24-7, when you're not with a woman, just how you live. Because if you think about it, once you've mastered yourself, you, you're now a master. You're like one of these, like, Kung Fu legends like Bruce Lee or something. Because you, you're a master of yourself. No one's ordering you around now. You're in control. So then it does connect into her being happy with a lot. And it connects into then, obviously, you're going to be the kind of gratitude kind of guy. You're going to say thank you and you appreciate things. Because you're now taking more focus of what life's about. So that's a very important principle that this non-Jewish writer wrote in this book that connects into what we're talking about being proactive. Because you're about, it's about doing kindness to someone else. It's about being a no-sin. Who's the, who's the ultimate giver? And we're not Avram. Who's the ultimate giver? God. God. So he's giving us an opportunity to become godly. To become a giver. And that's a cool way to end the class. So, and now we're going to do questions. Anyone have a question? Yes. Um, do you think like, you can be in a relationship with someone like, that you've only been like, hooking up with? Like, it can develop. Yeah, will, will that never work? So I was, from my experience, my wife, I, ne I can't believe it. She would have. She told me this, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this publicly, but she would have. Like, she was a virgin, which is a miracle. Like, we went to some good nightclubs, and she's hot as whatever in those days. <laughs> and she, sorry to talk about, about this, I mean, but she's a holy woman, but... I'm just saying, but she never did anything with anyone. Like, she was pure, like a basula, virgin, whatever you call it. And she would have ruined that for me. That's what she said about it when we were friends as a teenager and upwards. But I didn't. Something in me respected her more than that. But she also had a tough brother as well who probably knocked me out if I did it. And that's probably helped. But, and that probably protected her from a lot of guys. But, yeah, her twin brother. But... The point was, we never had that kind of relationship of hooking up and then to the next. So I don't know, but I can imagine, yeah. My answer would be, yeah. Because I've seen, I've been around. I've worked with a lot of guys. 
I've been around a lot of young people. I've been around a lot of just stunned people, world in the world. And yet, it can develop into more. The only thing is, if you've really like milked it, literally, like you've done everything. That's what I'm saying. So then you've used it up a little bit. Like meaning this, it, but the truth is, if you understand, we're going to get to this later class, so it's a good question. Intimacy, there's levels and levels and levels. Ainsoft, no end. Really, it should never really, if, it should, if that really is your person, then it should never run dry because it's, it's, a, it's a journey together. It's beyond just, you know, the physical, the different, whatever they call it, maneuvers and stuff, yeah? It's beyond that. It's, it's a journey on a, on a soul level. You're, you're experiencing something really profound and, you can, and everything in life becomes around that relationship, you know? So it doesn't have to be ever used up. So it's a possibility. It just makes it harder. It makes it harder. And I'll explain another time why it becomes harder. Um, I don't think it's for this class. We'll save it for the next one, I think. The next class we'll talk about why it gets harder when you've hooked up with someone and then now you want to make it more serious. We'll talk about that. It's a good question. What, anyone else? Yes. At what age do you, like, you stop fooling around? Like, like, how do you become like, serious? Like, so this is a really good question and I thank God have a good story yeah so I had a really good friend very sincere person an unbelievable phenomenal guitarist never became famous don't know why it's like a it's one of these unknown had like treasure trove of amazing hit songs like the next Beatles or something yeah this guy and or the next Ed Sheeran whatever it is nowadays yeah and he used to sit in his room he never got anywhere he had long hair his friend family were hippies and I'd come around there and we'd just jam and connect. I wrote a lot of songs with him. We did, we did a lot of uh, bands. We did some, he ended up going to music college and he ended up not working in music at all. And I still talk to him, he's a very sincere soul. He said to me once, he said to me, and, and he's the kind of guy, like when he says something, you know, he's not just talking, you know, he's not like showing off. There's no like ego. It's just a pure soul sitting in the middle of London and a, a cigarette, like the whole room smelled of cigarettes because of his mother. And, and he, he's just this unusual guy. Says to me, Ellie, he says, I don't masturbate. I said, what? He says, yeah, I don't. I said, and it would be good for you if you don't as well. He said, there's energy there and I don't want to lose it. I keep it to myself. And, and he's not religious, nothing. No Jewish, no. He's Jewish, but he's not religious at all. I went to the midst of it. It was like, you know, bacon and eggs afterwards, you know. So he... He's like, I just want to keep that energy in and it gives me life. It gives me feeling of, it's good for me. And I don't, I don't even know if he's married now. I don't know where he's holding now. <laughs> you know, it's a long time. But the point was that um, the idea of, uh, of that kind of concept suddenly went into my head. I also stopped watching TV. So nowadays, I suppose it would be like, whatever the version is now, like being addicted to Netflix, binge watching, Apple TV, I don't know, whatever it is that your thing is. So I, I stayed off media for a while and I just allowed myself to start to connect to nature, like you're in the Holy Land right now. I allowed myself to listen to classes, to connect to people. I started talking deep and bit by bit, my interest in that whole sexual vibe, as I said, it just it went down to the point where even when girls are hitting on me, I wasn't interested. So that really, the combination of holding back from masturbation and not watching, like being so immersed in the media culture and being more out in nature and you being more creative and <clears throat> starting to talk more on a relationship, about relationship. More like less hookup, more like connection. Yeah? Why are there so many rules with like being Lee and that kind of stuff and being with women in private rooms? Oh, in the Jewish religion. In the Jewish like, All right, we, we've tried not to be so religious today, yeah? But, yeah, so that's a beautiful question as well. Thank you. The idea of yichud, it's called in, you know, let's just say the word. Yeah? Seclusion in English, very good. So, you guys know your stuff, yeah? I would love to know what you're watching. It's probably better than me. <laughs> he's crying because he's missing the class. That's the real reason. Okay, so... So the idea of yichud, of seclusion, look, I'll give you a story. I, I think stories are the best, sorry. It's just the best answer. Yeah, stories Thank you, I appreciate that. So I was in university, I really appreciate it, it means a lot. I was in university, everyone needs encouragement, everyone, trust me. 
I was in university. I was living at one point with an Arabic guy. I, actually, before that, I was living with a guy who was, I would consider, I don't know if you know who Esau, or Esau was. But he was like the reincarnation of Esau in our generation. Like, this guy was dark, evil, like, messing with my head, got me addicted to, to, to everything and anything. He was like my, my devil. And I managed to get him out of my place. I managed to purify my apartment and university from him. And instead came a more religious Arab. It was more my thing at that time. I was getting more spiritual and stuff. And he was into war and weapons, this, that. Anyway, so comes around that same girl. Good, we've already brought her up before, my second cousin. She comes around to university. So you've got the context. You already know a bit about her. And she comes, and I'm, I'm like got this book. And she draws this picture of herself. Because I've told her, like, I've made it clear, like, I'm not getting with her, but somewhat. Anyway, so the point where she... One time she came before, she slept in my room. So she was trying to on the whole night, and I was just like, no, no. So she was insulted. So she drew this picture about her not looking nice. She came back, and then she, I said, this time, I'm sorry. I told that Arab friend, his name was Mohammed Tal, said, come into my room, and I made her sleep in the other room. Okay? I suddenly, and how did I know to do this? Not because I, the last time when she was, the whole night was bothering me in, in the bed and stuff. It was like, some of you guys would just enjoy it every minute, but I was just like, I like said to her, if you want to marry, if you're going to be, if this is a real thing, I'm into it. But if it's just us hooking up, I'm not. I'm just gone past that already. Yeah? So, she didn't, she was like insulted, you know, for a girl that's very insulting. But I moved her out of the room, she accepted it. it and as I said, she followed me to Israel, so obviously didn't put her off the idea. And I had a Kitsa Shukhnor. I had a book of Halakha I picked up in Israel when I went to Israel during that year and it got more spiritually turned on. I brought back a few books to university. I had my whole music collection, I put that to the side. We're talking about in those days, imagine like thousands of playlists. So I had thousands of CDs. You know what CDs are? Yeah. So I had, and records as well. And I put them all to the side and I put my books, the Tanakh, Kitsa Shulchanor, Masil Aishayim. I like gone crazy. That's what my parents had thought anyway. And they even came with a letter on Shabbat. They drove down to university because they were like, what is going on with our son? And they drove all the way down with a letter from Emily because they, they wanted me to hook up with Emily. Anything to get me out of being with this religious stuff. They were completely against it. They handed me the letter on Shabbat. I said, I don't know if I can read it because you've like driven all the way to give it to me. So I don't even know if I ever looked at it. I don't think I did. I just think I like, threw it out or something. Um, anyway, so, but the other girl, the second cousin, I learned in the book, and it said, you cannot be alone with a lady. And I experienced the power of not doing it. I experienced that, it, that energy between a man and woman that's obviously, you, we're getting very spiritual and you ask for it. That, it's very powerful energy and it has to be in its time and place. And this was not the time and this was not the place. And when you're alone, I'll give you one more story about this because it's important and we'll end off if, unless anyone has anything desperate else to ask. That when I got engaged to my wife, now there was mad energy between us. This is important. You should have attraction. Really, really important. Yeah? I don't agree with this like, more rationalist like, way of relationships. You've got to be real. You've got to have attraction. You've got to have energy between you. Yeah? So it's very important. So we have mad energy between us, like back then until now, thank God. It grows, hopefully, if you do it right. And the energy was so intense. It was Friday night. She was staying in this apartment. It was, we weren't yet married. And we were sitting there alone. And we'd left the door open, like the halakha says, keep the door open. But I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I know, but we're like in Telstone, it's like middle of nowhere, yeah? No one's going to walk in. It's not like Jerusalem where the streets are packed. Yeah? No one's going to walk in. Like this door open business, it's not going to protect me. Yeah? So I, I didn't think that I started getting that energy and we were like, you know, it was starting to get to the point. Literally at that moment where the energy was getting overwhelming, and you know what kind of energy I'm talking about, hopefully. I, I don't know if you guys experienced it. She's suddenly two girls wander off the street and start asking random questions about like, things going on outside. They literally walked in. And the whole energy went, yeah? And then I knew, like, you know, these rules are real. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, just for the fun of it. Any, any more questions before we end off? Okay, guys, you had your first intimacy. It was cool. Good. Yeah, yeah let's go. Great. So just, just a heads up, I will get the, the uh, if, if anyone here wants to take my number, they can. 
I will hopefully get up a, this recorded. You can send it to the boys who didn't hear if there's any else guys who miss out because it is going to be stages and process. The next one we're going to talk about end in mind. End in mind, mission statement. That's the next habit from Stephen Covey. It's very important. Think about what, try come and think, what does that mean? Why is that important? What's it going to do with intimacy? If anyone has a good answer, I'll be happy to hear it. And if anyone has any questions, I'm online, I'm available. One person take my number and send it to everyone. And uh, for these kind of things, I'm here for you guys. Enjoy your time here. Yeah, have a beautiful.